Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm here with Dr. Dave Barker, uh, Professor Emeritus uh, Heritage. Is that where you are, Dave, yeah. still? Yes, yes. And so um, and we love heritage. We've got a uh, great interest in what God is doing uh, in heritage, developing men and women for ministry, and we're glad that you're with us here and thinking about it as our permanent guest. <laughs> yeah. So. It was really interesting. We had a wonderful graduation this this last uh, week or so, and it was fascinating to watch the uh, the fact that in many ways, the MDiv students outnumbered all other graduates in other programs, including the college. So uh, yeah, we're seeing some really, really good things happening at the school, and both the college and the seminary are, are prospering these days Amen. and looking forward to the build of a new seminary yeah. building. So, yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's good times. People can go on the website and take a look at the drawings of the uh, new seminary building. Yeah. It's very cool. Okay, Dave, we are, uh, right now, we're responding to something we read recently mm-hmm. where um, I think it was First Principles, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a podcast or um, a periodical, but the idea is that guys like Tim Keller, whom we all love, had profound impact on so many leaders over the last 20, 25 years. Uh, The point was made that this is a new day, that uh, Tim Keller had a way of um, presenting, adorning the gospel in the community so that Christ was well thought of, the church was well thought of, a force for good in the world. But his, the, the argument is that the day has changed. You can't, do evangelism through good works anymore. Uh, you're not going to get the respect you think you're going to get. Uh, it's time for a little more belligerence, being more combative, confrontational, because the gloves are off today. And I just want to talk about that for because a lot of our listeners are leaders, and so many get into the pulpit, and uh, there's a tone that uh, they'll take, right? And do you do you do you get that from the world? Do you get it from Scripture or a little bit of both? So let's talk about uh, that. Is, is it time for leaders to be angry, uh, to fight back at the world, our culture, that just seems to be more and more zeroing in on uh, our, our heritage, Judeo-Christian heritage, Western civilization in general? It just seems to be under attack today. And is it a time for pastors to punch back? What do you think? That uh, when I read that article, first of all, um, it de- it does echo what's going on in the U.S. right now, mm-hmm. and in light of the abortion, the abortion de- debate, and the Roe versus Wade thing. So I, I pick that up, but it has overflow into Canadian culture. We can't, we're not immune to that. Um, I. I think there's a I, I, it's a both and or there's a yes and a no here. Uh, I think that we do need to stand up and speak and speak prophetically to our nation when the occasion comes. I find it also interesting that um, the prophets, when they spoke, their primary focus is on the people of God and on the nation of Israel and speaking to them about hypocritical worship not caring for the poor, the orphan, and the widow, um, and that kind of thing. And even Jesus, he tended to focus on religious leaders. He did take on Herod, for sure. But um, 
So I, I think it's not an either or or both or or one or the other. I think okay. That while you're on, so you think it's it's good and appropriate from time to time to get in the pulpit, preach to your congregation in that tone, and, and just you know the tone, the prophetic yeah. tone, and oh, we yeah. have a problem. Yeah, you need to repent, uh, all that sort of thing. Is is there a time for that in the church? I think so. Um, you know, it's interesting. If you read Amos, the first couple chapters of Amos, it's, it's a circling attack, starting out with some of the broader nations, Egypt and Babylon, and then going to Moab and Ammon, and finally getting to, to the northern kingdom and then eventually to the southern kingdom, um, or the southern kingdom then to the northern kingdom. Um, but it was three transgressions and for four of Moab, Ammon, Babylon, mm-hmm. whatever. And it was very much driven by inhumanity to others. Mm-hmm. And the prophet took on the nations and called them out. And so I think if we're going to carry the prophetic voice in the church, which I think is a voice we need to carry in the church, along with other voices, we carry the voice of the sage. We carry the voice of the shepherd. Uh, we carry the voice of of a leader of the people. But we do carry the prophetic voice. We carry the voice of the priest, which is prayer and Bible Okay, but study. if my, my congregation's perfect, they don't need to hear that, right? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> uh, but, and, well, I, in, in general, I'm, um, I'm grateful for our church, and there's a lot of things that I want to say to the broader church. I'm not saying we're perfect. I did say that, but I don't mean that. <laughs> but there are some trends that are going on in the church, even even, even the evangelical church, that I, I want to speak to, but do I speak to them from my own pulpit to my own church, right? And this, do I say, this doesn't apply to you, but what's going on in the evangelical world, uh, we need to be alarmed about, I think part of the voice of a pastor is to warn his people and to let his people know what's out there, what's happening in in culture and generally, what's happening in the broader Christian world. I think it's part of the job of the pastor to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think you do need to bring that voice into the pulpit. Now, we do so gently, kindly, as best as we can. We do do it passionately. We do it with, with a sense of conviction. Um, but the other thing we have to remember is our country is not God's people. The church is God's people. But we can still call out uh, mm-hmm. our country for its inhumanity to others, its violation of what we expect a civil society and a civil culture to be part of. But do you say to that culture who doesn't believe in God, or if they do believe in God, they hate God, do you, do you say that before God, you're accountable? It's, it's not to reasonable people. It's before God. Is, are we allowed to say that? Yeah, that's, that's getting into more theonomic kind of stuff. And I'm a little bit nervous about calling out our leaders to say that you are accountable before God. Yes, we know the yeah. Daniel text. Certainly, we know that God sets up Well, Jonah went and, to Nineveh. Exactly. And brought God into it, Right. right? Um, and yeah, we as the internal community un- understand and know that. 
But to call that out for a secular society, I think we do it more on a humanitarian basis, on a civil society basis, on the sense of what is good for humankind at a more general level. And they know it in their heart, and that's enough. That's that's where you appeal. Uh, exactly. That's so where much. I would go. Yes. Now, but we do know the Daniel text, right? God sets up kings, and for us to say to our, our leaders, you know, God has put you in that place, so there is some kind of accountability, but they're not going to listen to that. That's not part of their worldview or their understanding of how they got to where they are. All right. But for us inside the church to affirm that, to know that and speak to that and speak to our congregation in that kind of way. Sure. I don't, I don't see a problem with that at all. So do you think, and we'll move on. uh, So do you think that, can you imagine that God could raise up leaders out of the church or in the church, pastors, uh, as part of um, a renewal or revival uh, so that they preach to the nation uh, a message of the gospel message, which includes repent, right? right? Maybe not just nationally, but just individuals in this country who need to repent um, for the sins that we are embracing uh if I was an evangelist to our nation, could I preach that way? That's a, you know, you got to be careful. We can't ask unregenerate people to live like regenerate people. We can't ask unregenerate people to live as if they've got the indwelling okay, spirit but when in we their say, lives. When, but when we say repent... That means come to faith in Christ. So, yeah, we call anybody who, who wants, anybody, we, we can preach to people and say that they need to come to faith in Jesus Christ and become part of the church. But I'm not sure that our task is to create a Christian nation. Right. Not, I'm not saying that. But in, in repentance, in coming to Christ, isn't there an awareness of sin? Isn't, isn't it on the, on the preacher to preach against the sin of idolatry that people have, and like, isn't that part of repentance? Sure, and and of course the big ones today that in our culture and society, can we speak up in our pulpits about abortion? Can we can we speak in our pulpits today about uh, same sex marriage, all that kind of thing? Are we are we or greed and materialism? Uh, there's all kinds of sins that I think typify our nation. That if I'm an evangelist. And I'm calling people to repent. I mean, it, you spell it out, and it's, it's all those things. And I'm just wondering if revival is going to happen, whatever that means, or, or if, if we're going to see in Canada what they saw in New England under the Wesleys and Whitfields, what would that look like? Is, is there a prophetic voice that will be heard um, with a sharp prophetic edge that, that pricks the hearts of a nation and brings them to God. Um. You know, it's interesting whenever I think about that, and I, and I do speak to it when I speak, when I preach, um, but I tend to speak, it, speak to it in terms of uh, this is where our nation is, and yes, we need to call the nation to repentance on materialism and greed and, and uh, you know, self-sufficiency and all those kinds of things. But it ends up being inevitably, and let's be careful, that doesn't infiltrate us as the church. That those things, materialism and greed and pride and that kind of thing, those tend to filter into our world as the people of God. And so you set the warning out there. Yeah, you call the nation to repentance, 
but you don't leave it there. I think it's much more important that we speak to the people of God to ensure that we don't get infected by right. all of that and that we are a distinct people. We are a unique nation under God in the sense of the, what the New Testament calls we are special people. Right. And that, and that we have a unique place in a culture that yeah. will inevitably not be particularly favorable to us. That's, that's why you mentioned Amos, how it goes all around to the nations. And then, unless uh, l- you feel overly comfortable, exactly. you got a problem, too. Exactly. Right? And it's interesting because it goes seven, yeah. and they think they're all done, and then, boom, eight. Yeah. Oh, you went one over and nailed them, right? And the way he handled that was really kind of, it's really kind of fun. Yeah, and I think it can be very deceptive because you can put all your energy fighting the big sins out there and be, and be blind to your own, and I think that's a that's a fair warning. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when we're in those trenches, I think there's a lot of people who are very militant in, in those issues. But when you look at their conduct among the people of God, they they can be equally uh, belligerent, right? It's just. It's, and I'm not sure that the article that we read uh, that the day of kindness to our society is over. I know when I read the article that you gave me, I kind of read it and thought, uh, I'm not sure he's right. I'm not sure the way that Keller approaches things is, is over yeah. in the kind of the way that he said it, uh, that, that author, right. I forget who it was. But, uh, Why would you stop being kind? Exactly. It's good to be kind. Be good to all people, yeah. right? And, and so, Even to your enemies. Exactly. And, and that voice of gentleness and, and kindness, right. y- you win with hunting, yeah. right? Um, yeah. anyhow, so yeah, I, 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 when I read that article, I was conflicted mm-hmm. as, and I, I thought, okay, I'm not sure that that the day is over. Well, it's an interesting day that we live in. Yeah. Uh, certainly is. There's a temptation to be competitive and to fight wars that maybe are distracting and, uh, off the mark for us, but uh, we've been called, nevertheless, as pastors and leaders, to build up our own people so that the mind of Christ will be in them, and that includes hatred for sin, but it also includes a love for sinners. So Dave, um, we're out of time. I want to thank you for dropping by. I know you're up at the cottage a lot. You might not be on as much over the summer uh, here, but we're always grateful when you can drop by. Uh, Thanks for thinking about this with us. And for those of you who are listening, thanks for joining us. God bless you. See you next week.